Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Conduits of Trouble time, which means Zolgad and Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist Declan Goff, is always the executive producer of this show. Chipper, I want to start you with this one this week. Um, Phil and Declan and I have talked about this quite a bit. I'm curious to get your thoughts, though. When you see the Milwaukee Bucks win an NBA title, which, you know, I mean, ordinarily it's the Lakers, it's the big market teams, it's the teams like the Spurs that, that had a great run. Uh, but when you see the, the Bucks win a title, and Giannis is obviously an outstanding player and the key guy, but what does that make you think about the possibility for, well, one, the Wolves, but also for this town to win titles because that's about as close to here as you can get. Milwaukee's a smaller market than us. Now they do have a new building, which is nice yeah. and the wolves don't, but what goes through your mind when you see an NBA champion from Milwaukee, for instance? Well, I think it's, it says that it's possible if you have one of the two or three best players in the NBA and a good supporting cast, but I also don't think this signals the end of the, super team era. I still think that's going to be part of the NBA fabric because, you know, I mean, we thought Brooklyn was going to be the team this year and injuries derailed that and Lakers injuries derailed that. So I don't think we're, and this is a great story and it's not discounting what Milwaukee did at all, but I still think the superstars in this league are still going to try to team up and, and win championships, and I think that'll probably happen more times than it doesn't. But, mm-hmm. but it, it also speaks to there isn't there is a plan B that can that can work. And because hey, injuries happen some years, and you have to you can't just assume. Well, um, we're never going to be able to get three superstars together. You can't just assume that injuries aren't going to happen, and so I, you know, I give them a ton of credit. And Giannis was—he was damn near unstoppable. I mean, I, I, he either scored or got fouled. There, there was nothing else they could do. I mean, it was, and then when he makes what seventeen of eighteen free throws in the last game, but, but I do, you know, the way they put that team together, getting Drew Holiday and just an incredible defensive player. I mean, his all-ball defense is has to be, you know if not the best, one of the best in the league. And then I'm kind of torn on Chris Middleton. I don't know what to make of him. Um, I watch him sometimes. I think this guy is, uh, you know, I don't know if superstar is the right word, but 
a top whatever number you want to put on it player. And then sometimes I watch him and like, okay, he's good, but he's not that good. Um, but he was, you know, he was terrific in the finals and the one game where he, you know, saved him at the end. So that's a long way of saying um, it doesn't feel hopeless if you don't, if you're not going to be able to put superstar, uh, you know, these super teams together. Which this is the first time in a while that I think we felt that way. What also intrigued yes. me, what also intrigued me, Chipper, about Giannis was, you know, he was very outspoken post game about I could have gone that route and I didn't, yeah. which, which is probably a sideways shot at Kevin Durant to a certain degree. But I thought it was very intriguing that that he, and you know, I, I mean, now in some ways he's going to be one of the key faces of this league. He's a great player. He's incredibly likable. Um, so I found it really intriguing that he was, he was like, you know what? No, I wanted to team up with guys who are good players. Obviously the Bucks made some good moves as well, but we didn't try to put together like the Nets have. We basically went superstar and then really good players. Um, but he was intent on doing that. And I wonder if that's going to, to shape anything about this league going forward. It might. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It, it, you know, does it. Here locally, and I'm not saying Carl Anthony's in the same category with, as Giannis because he's not at that level. But but does it cause him to say, you know what, I'll stick it out in Minnesota if if they're surrounding him with more and more better pieces versus, hey, I want to go team up with Devin Booker in Phoenix. You know, at some point, I'm going to force my way out of here. It it may, it may cause some guys to reevaluate whether they want to do the super team route. But I still think how friendly guys are anymore train together all year, have the, in the off season. Yeah. I think there's still going to be that kind of that pull to, Hey, let's, let's, let's play together. Let's get a team together and and make a run for a championship. I think that's still going to be probably the preferred way guys want to go about it. That finals to me was great fun. I oh, loved yeah. it. I thought mm-hmm. it was, and and it was different teams. It was competitive. It was it was probably more actually in retrospect physical than the league would like. But I also yeah. thought because because it was that way, it was ultra competitive. Um, that's as close as I've been in a long time to being riveted to every game, as, yeah. as opposed to well, yeah, it's this uh, sexy Heat team or it's the Lakers, which is fine. I'm not insulting that. But I really, I really thought that this was so much fun because of the teams, the difference from the ordinary teams, and also the star players who I appreciated a lot. Yeah, it's the, well, I think some of it was the freshness of it, that it wasn't the same old, same old. It wasn't LeBron. It wasn't, you know, uh, Curry. It wasn't the same collection of stars that we've seen. So you had some new faces, new markets, and the games were really uh, competitive and great, and and Milwaukee clearly was the better team. And but I I go back to, you know, was a game five. Devin Booker has that game looked like he was over, and Booker has the ball in his hands with twenty seconds to go, and they're down one, and he drives it into the lane, and kind of gets stuck and nowhere to go. And I think Drew Holiday. So I mean, that one will probably haunt him for a while. That possession because they have a chance to win that, you know, and then oh. you're. Yeah, and then then Milwaukee has to win two games to win it, and so I thought that I, you know, I thought it would go seven games, 
uh, because I thought the teams were pretty evenly matched. Although Milwaukee's size and strength just warmed down, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I watched every game. We were glued to it. I was, I was kind of hoping Booker would, would, and Phoenix would get it. And Chris Paul, obviously my son was hard, um, but I hope we see more of this parody going forward and that, you know, the unusual nature of this season and the injuries that we saw once that's, we get back to a more normal season. I hope it's not back to when you start the season. Okay. There's four teams that realistically are going to have a chance to, or three teams or, or one or whatever we've had, you know, too much of the NBA has been, all right, this team's winning. Everybody's playing for second, you know, and that's, that's, I think that's part of what people got into this series so much because it's like, Hey, this is, these are two teams that no one thought was going to get here. So when when you see that uh, scene that we saw outside Pfizer forum, as a guy who's you've been here since 2000, right? Yeah. Yeah. In this town, what goes through your mind as far as the opportunity to cover? And I mean, you have, you have literally never come close to seeing that. Like you've seen some good teams, but like we're talking about all out, championship celebration what goes through your, your mind because 21 years is not a short time to be in a town no um because that's where i i am i'm jealous my word. That's what, that's, yeah that, i'm jealous <laughs> that's my word jealous i'm jealous, jealous or, or envious or whatever well, yeah yeah but i mean that that just shows it's possible i mean can you imagine because i look i think if we had the same success with a, a team here of the just to be clear here the four men's teams that we cover the most um, my God, how much fun yeah. would that be to see? Yeah, I mean, it would, and knowing how long it's been here and all the heartache that fans have had to put up with and, and nonsense and weird finishes and just craziness, um, I think you would see a similar reaction and outpouring and people coming to party. And, you know, we, we, you thought it was going to be that way a couple of years ago after the Minneapolis miracle. Yeah. And you thought, okay, this might be something special where people, and then it, that ended quickly. Um, but no, Judd, I mean, that scene was just awesome. I don't know. I'd want to be in that because crowd me, uh, you know, I get, great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I mean, that was phenomenal. And I, I think, you know, I, I'm with you. It's like, couldn't we have something similar here just to run and you, you know, where the whole metropolitan area just stops and, and focuses on that one thing. Mm-hmm. And think about what that did for Milwaukee and just the, the community spirit and bringing people together and just the, the atmosphere. I mean, it's, it's hard not to be envious of that. Yeah. And when you look at, the so Waylon and McCarville and the Gopher women's basketball team made that run in like 2004, right? I would say three and four, yeah. Three, but I mean, you think or back two, to two that, and three, four, yeah. But yeah. you think back to that, and like this town embraced that. It was a yeah. big deal. So imagine, and the, this is the one I've always said. So a Wild or Wolves championship, as, as hard as that might be to discuss, and I'm sure people hearing me say that are laughing right now, um, would be a lot of fun, and it would it would pack you know it would pack a large place or blocks of people like what we saw with the bucks the twins also yeah but but the one that i've always said i have no idea what would happen and would love to see 
is a Vikings Super Bowl oh. championship. Because I don't, I keep, but I mean, I can't tell you, I have lived here my whole life, basically, Chip, and I yeah. can't tell you what that would be like. Like, I can, I saw the Twins, the Wild and Wolves, I think I sort of know. I can't tell you what a Vikings championship would be like. Yeah, I mean, I imagine, well, you can't really gather outside here for, you know, a Super Bowl because they might, but they might. Yeah. Depending on what the weather was, but you know, I imagine people would gather outside the stadium in that, in that the grassy area where the old strip used to be. I mean, that would be a perfect spot for Mm -hmm. a ton of people. I mean, I don't know. You could have, I don't know that Milwaukee area around the state. I mean, what is that like where you get that many people without buildings or I mean, it changed. They when I think because I saw something on Twitter today, a side by side picture. So if you were calling Milwaukee, if you went there in the early two thousands, they were constantly doing construction and tearing stuff down on freeways. Basically, Pfizer Forum, I guess, encroaches on, and that area, according to the picture I saw, was a freeway, and they tore it out. So like okay. they redid it. What? So that's like a huge that where those fans were was a freeway at one point, and now it's been cleared out because Bradley Center. I think it's right across the street from where the Bradley Center was, but clearly there was more room there that got opened up by Pfizer Forum. So my my mind has gone blank here. When the Gophers made the NCAA regional basketball regional there with Tubby, that was at Bradley, right? The yes, Bradley. Pfizer only opened a few years ago. So that so the Bradley Center's not there anymore, or it is? No, nope, they tore it down. Okay, it so got this, torn down. This is in a different part of the city. This this arena. Uh, no, I think it's right. I think it's. I think Pfizer is across, basically across the street in a parking lot that was okay. adjacent to the Bradley Center. But what I'm saying is, I guess where those the, people were was a freeway, and, and they yeah, and they rerouted it or tore it out. And so, so like that area in the early 2000s was not opened up. And now okay. that's where, the, that's where, that's why I think they announced something like 60,000 or 65,000 people were gathered. That's where mm-hmm. they went. Yeah. I mean, it looked like it was great. It looked, it's, it's 65. Yeah. It looked like, it looked like a hundred thousand. I mean, I wouldn't do it because I would have mm-hmm. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't do that, but I mean, I don't think there's young enough people, yeah, I don't think there's enough porta potties to. Uh... Did you see the shot? There was like one porta potty, and people were like, "That's four porta potties." <laughs> it's like, no, not for me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was a hell of a story and hell of a run. Um, you know, they've had a pretty good, they've had a pretty good run over there in that market. You know, yep. uh, the Wisconsin, not just Milwaukee, but partially, partially because they've in the Packers and the Bucks case, they've taken advantage Chip Scoggins of draft picks that that the local teams. Did not. Rodgers well, yeah. went to 24 in 2005 when the Vikings had not one but two first-round picks. Now, I know they thought that they had their quarterback in Dante. And then the honest one was the Utah yeah. Jazz took Shabazz <laughs> for the Wolves one pick before um, for Flip before Giannis went to the Bucks. What, did he go at 17? I think Shabazz was 16 or I was 15, Yeah, 16. I can't. 14 feet. Yeah, I, mean, I, I love it. It doesn't Roy- matter. Royce's tweet here now. He's like, I'm almost to the point where I'm saying the Wolves taking Shabazz over once <laughs> it was, was a mistake. <laughs> what a smart ass. <laughs> That's cool. What a smart uh, ass. I mean, it is. I mean, it's um, it, it, it's drafting right and patience, mm-hmm. and and keeping him happy on by selling him what you're doing. I mean, getting Holiday, getting yes, you know, different components and pieces. Um, to show him, hey, 
you don't have to leave here to win a championship. I mean, you can, we'll build around you and get the right pieces and, and make a run in. So it's all those things. It's also, and this holds true for GMs in every sport. It's also knowing when to add and when to supplement. So like, yeah. because lots of times you, you supplement and you think that it's a big ad, right? Like this guy played great for the Bucks. Well, he played great in their system. So if he yeah. goes to the Wolves, uh, but the Bucks did a fantastic job after, after last year, I think, of supplementing their roster with the right guys to sort of just fit in. Like a, mm-hmm. like a guy, two guys I love. PJ Tucker and Portis, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you, now if you throw them on the Wolves and are like, "Go to it and win a championship," there's a good chance it fails. But they were, but as members of the Bucks, they fit in perfectly as pieces, yeah. and they're driven and competitive as hell. So, like, as final pieces to a championship puzzle, it made perfect sense. But that doesn't yeah. mean that you can go out and obtain them and be the Toronto Raptors and have the same success. No, I mean it. It, it is system and what guys fit it and what your philosophy is and and how will they play with Giannis and playoff Middleton? I mean, it's all those things fitting together. And it's, you know, that's the thing. That is the magic that Gerson is trying to find here. And I mean, we've seen him blow up the roster once, you know, if, if you are to, if you're able to uh, swing a deal and get Ben Simmons, I don't know if blowing up is the the term for what you have to do to your roster, but you'd have to give up a, I would think. Yeah. A significant piece or a lot of future draft capital. Um, so, but it's, I, I do like, Judd, I do like, um, it's not to say we're not going to question or second guess, but both Gerson and Billy Guerin, I like the fact that they have a plan, have a vision. They're not afraid to make big, massive changes that might yeah. be unpopular with fans, but they're just saying, you know what? This is my vision. This is what we're doing. And they're being aggressive. And it's not to say it's going to work out, not to say we're not going to criticize them, but um, it's better than inaction, I will say. Yeah, and and I think the most important thing that you said that holds true is they do seem to have a plan. Like, it's not a half-ass willy-nilly, I might do this, I might not. It, it seems to be, when, look, when you buy out and essentially cut Suter, that takes yeah. a lot of guts because I mean he was he was still a productive player. I, I mean you could tell you could try and sell me on that move any way that you want, but my reality is that Bill Guerin wanted to clear him out of that locker room so badly that he was willing to actually take a hit on the ice for what he seems to what he thinks is a beneficial move off. That takes and one he might be wrong. He's going to risk yeah. that, but he's willing to. And two, that takes a lot of guts when you've been for eight months basically telling the guy who loves Suter and and wants this team to win the most of anybody in Craig Lupo. Mm-hmm. When you tell him eight months ago, hey, I got a plan here, and it doesn't include this guy, I mean, that's not that's not a move we see a lot in this town from a GM. Well, not only that, not only are you getting rid of a, a player that the owner loves and that I would say a pretty big percentage of the fan base, if not loves, certainly appreciates um, you know, what he gives your team. But more than that, too, Judd, I mean, that's, that's not an in, you know, insignificant thing, but just the willingness to have all that dead money on the cap yeah. a couple years, and you'd rather pay a lot of money to guys for not play with you, and, and you're saying, I trust that we're going to be able to develop young talent. Well, that's a 
It's a big gamble, you know, but I, I like that he has a plan and same thing with Gerson. We'll see if he's able to, you know, see how aggressive he is going to be in reshaping the team. Um, I mean, there's a lot of reports out there about guys that they're interested in. I, I'll be surprised if, if there's not uh, some substantial change in the roster when they come back to camp from what they ended the season with. The one wild move I'm out on, and they're not, it, it sounds like the chipper from reports, is Jack Eichel. And here's yeah. why. I know it's a big splash, and I know he's a huge name. I get all, all of that. And, and look, I understand you need help at center, and you need to get help. Like, I don't think that, that you can go in saying, well, Rossi's going to start day one. We don't know that. Ericsonek uh-huh. is good, but he slots in really well to a role. I, you can't just say, you're our top guy. So I understand that the Eichel thing seems sexy and like a lot of fun. But that being said, one, the neck scares me way too much. And two, yeah. I don't think the Sabres are going to come off a price tag. I wouldn't pay. I am not giving you Boldy and Rossi, I'm unless the price tag no. comes way down. And and Chip, here's my last thing. And I told with a neck injury, Judd. I know with a neck injury. Yeah, no. And here's my last thing that I that I talked about on Mackie and Judd yesterday. The other thing about this is if you look at the wild salary cap dilemma that's going to come up not this year but next, um, and you look at the window, like this team needs this team has an opportunity to, and I think it's built to win right now. So do you, are you really going to get a guy who might have neck surgery and be out till January or February and then and then need ramp up time? I think mm-hmm. you need to go get a guy that you can plug in opening night and he might not be Jack Eichel at Jack Eichel's zenith, but he is yeah. a guy who can play all season long cuz chip we know this. A, a bad start can derail you. Oh yeah, cuz then you're you know, you're playing catch up the whole year and that's just too hard. No, I mean I think if you combine the neck injury and the, he's wanting surgery, right? Um, he wants surgery. The Sabres don't surgery or need surgery. Anything. What's that? Does um, he want surgery or need surgery? His desire was to have a surgery that has, that according to reports has never been done on a national hockey league player before. Well, yeah. That's I why mean, I'm out. Yeah. And, and that, and, and the price tag. Um, I just, it would be too steep and it, it would kind of go against what, you know, Billy saying about building, with these young guys, I mean, I don't know how you'd make it work with their cap space coming up. I mean, I know they have a lot now, but in future years, mm-hmm. I mean, it might prohibit you from doing something, you you know, make it more. So, yeah, I think I'd be out on that and try to find, obviously, you're not, probably not going to be the same caliber of player, but maybe something a little, with, with less risk, I guess. Yes. Both health and financial. Yes, exactly. Uh, twins. So, your paper, the Star Tribune, had a pretty interesting story, I thought. I think it was on Monday. Jose Barrios uh, talked to Phil yeah. about his uh, about his desire to become a free agent and basically all but said, I'm going to get paid, which, by the way, I think he will get paid. Yes. If you're Derek Falvey and you know the price of poker, and it sounds like the Twins do, um, do you hold on to him on an off chance that you can come back in 2022 and be competitive? Or do you move him for probably maximum maximum return by the July 30th trade deadline? Well, I would need to know what he knows in terms of how those conversations are going. Because if you feel like, okay, we're maybe not close, but we I feel like there's a chance or a reasonable chance that we can resign him. If he's told you, 
hey, buddy, I'm out and I'm taking the best. No, you've had your opportunity. <laughs> the ship has sailed on re-signing me. Right. Then, then you have to trade it. And I don't think he's come to that point probably. But, um, but I mean, <clears throat> the whole thing with him and Buxton was, I mean, the closer you get to free agency, the less likely you're going to be to re-sign with your team. I and mean, why would you wait all this time and then not see what the market is going to give you? You know, I mean, you're, and I think that's what Jose is saying. It'd be dumb unless unless the twins just come out now and just completely blow him away with an offer that he he thought he could get on the market. But it's like, right? You're, if you're this close to free agency, just play it out, become a free agent. Now, there is some risk. You might have arm issues or whatever that that um, it is a little bit of a gamble on his part. But um, <clears throat> but no, I, I I I think this. You know, if you're just looking at it from a practical standpoint. Why would he sign now with one team when you can get the free agency and have a bunch of teams that might be interested and drive up your price? So it, for him, for business sake, I think he's doing exactly the right thing. So I don't know that I would. Again, I don't know if that it would be a it would be a big risk for them to bring him back on you know, on last year of his deal, hoping that you can get something done because you know. One, you're going to take a massive PR hit if you trade him this year. Yep. Um, I mean, you're you're just going to look like you're waving the right flag, and you didn't. Well, it, yeah. it would be, and and the whole, you know, everything that people think about your organization being cheap is just going to get thrown right back in your face. Um, but it, it will be a gamble if they say, you know what, we're going to hold on to him and and really feel like we can sign him this off season or next year at some point. Um, you're gonna you're gonna have to blow him away because he's gonna want to see what other teams would offer in free agency. And I would think right now, with the potential um, for a team like let's say the Mets or Dodgers to get him for the rest of this year, and then and then theoretically, assuming that there's not a work stoppage all of 2022, you're never gonna get, gonna get more than you would get right now for him. And I guess the question becomes because the Twins are definitely getting calls on Jose Barrios. The question is, what are they being offered? What are they asking for? And at some point in time before the deadline, do you, if teams are saying we can't pay that, do you come down a bit? Because, you know, if you take him to the end of July in 2022, as he's about to hit the free agent market, there's no way that you're going to get what you're going to get now. So like, so like this, this is why this deadline in particular really intrigues me because the twins have made lots of moves. So it's not like, Falvey hasn't made moves, but I think this is going to be the most intriguing one. Cause I mean, this is, this is the big boy time for executives. Now, if, if he botches this, you're in trouble. And and this is also why if you're an organization, you try to get this done well in advance of reaching this point where you don't put yourself in this box where, um, and I mean, how many times, how many spring trainings have we been, have stories come up where, Rios and his agent have had conversations with the twins. I mean, it's been like, like two or three. three. Yeah, yeah. Like three years. And so maybe you think, wow, it's so early, you know, we don't need to, let's see what he, how his development goes and see if he turns into an ACE and all that. Well, you can also play that game too long. And now you're at a point where you're like, Oh boy, uh, mm-hmm. you're like this where you're terrible and your best pitcher now is I in free agency. And he's clo- so close. And it's like, I don't say the window is closed. Cause I don't think it, you know, 
it's not closed until you either trade him or, or the end of next year, but um, you've pushed it out so long that now he's, he looks at it like, hey, I have some options here. Yeah, and I just I think it, it's to a point now though where if you don't if you don't handle this one right, you're in trouble. Like you've got yes. to have you got you got to be right. And the Twins' problem too, though, with like Barrios and Buxton Chipper, is the fact that you know the stories that you're alluding to from previous spring trainings. How many times has the story been? But it's a team friendly deal with lots of options. You, you know, yeah. no, I am, that, yeah. that's not going to work. And Jose Barrios. Let, like it or not, we can debate all day long where he slots into a rotation. He's going to get ace money. He's going He's to demand pitcher. it, and yeah. someone's going to give it to him. And so, yeah, that's the place where I think you really have the conundrum of, okay, if you're going to pay him, pay him. But if you're not going to pay him, you probably should trade him now because at least you can maximize the value that exists there. And and that's where I get the frustration of Twins fans because mm-hmm. because you know what the problem is here? Does this feel, and I mean, the season's been a disaster, so I'm biased now against yeah. the Twins in some ways, but does this feel any different than the Terry Ryan days? Like right now, no. it feels like we're back to the Terry Ryan days. I can't afford this guy, but we'll try. Here's 18 yeah. team options for you. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you're starting to hear the whispers. Like, oh, are they really going to spend that much on pitching? Well, okay, then don't. I mean, then just keep, you know, keep being the – uh you know, the team that's viewed as being cheap and will never spend, you know, it just has a cash cow of the stadium. And um, so, yeah, I mean, at some point you have to, hey, hey look, they wouldn't spend big on Josh Donaldson. You know, good. That That's, you know, I'm, that was a step in the right direction. But if you're not willing to spend a lot of money on a guy that you've groomed and been in your system and you know and has a track record and he's, you know, then when, when are you, <laughs> you know, when are you going to do it? Right. You know? And so it, yeah, it, the reaction will not be kind to the twins if they trade Jose Brios in the next two weeks. I think the only way the reaction will be kind is if he signs an extension. And I think I would risk the non-kind reaction of trading him as opposed to deluding myself into thinking, well, we'll still, we'll still keep him because you probably won't. Oh, you, you, you think if, if they do nothing, just say we'll go into next year and figure it out. Yeah. That's, that's where I think Boy, that's, that that's where you're just taking a huge calculated gamble, which I, and like, if you really think that you're going to, if you're going to trade him at, the end of next July, if we're playing baseball, what compared to what you'd get right now, it's not going to be comparable. And and I appreciate that you're asking for the world, but you might have to, you know, much like with what Buffalo is trying to do with Eichel, yeah. you might have to come off asking for the world and be like, okay, we'll take a couple countries. Well, yeah, because <laughs> here's the thing. Um, if you get to next July, he ain't resigning here. Hell no. And yeah. I think he's and his quotes to Phil to me lead me down the path of he ain't resigning here right now. I think he wants to well, get paid huge, and I think he thinks the Twins are sort of cheap. Well, that's I mean I, I don't want to say he won't because I if they give him a big contract, I think he would. But I think he thinks they won't give. But him he probably th- he probably thinks because what was he? It wasn't Jose a couple weeks or a couple years ago had that kind of weird tweet that I think he deleted where he said yeah or something like that. Yeah, they they had let a pitcher go to Philadelphia, and he assumed it was about money. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. And, and they, they told him, and he deleted it. But 
a teammate of his, uh, I forget who, it was a reliever, had gone to Philadelphia in some type of claim or something, and Jose yeah. thought the Twins wouldn't pay him and tweeted like it's all it's always about money or it yeah, happened again. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. it was that's the first time that I said he thinks these guys are cheap. Sure, um, yeah, and I and, think, and, you know, and he, he might have that you know from all the the failed negotiations if that's what you want to call it from the last couple of years where they couldn't hammer something out he may have come to that realization too that hey they're not going to pay me big money or the money i think i'm worth chipper let's wrap up by talking about your favorite sport in the whole wide world because i'm very confused by it right now oh what is going on well it's college athletics but we're we're, yeah. on, we're on the precipice of football season and workout starting and the media days are going on i want to start with the big 12 where I mm-hmm. see that I believe it's Oklahoma and Texas now want to move yeah. to the SEC and they're like trying to get out of the Big 12, which of course will be devastated if you lose those two programs. Um, one, do you think it's going to happen? And two, what does it mean for the landscape of college sports? And are we clo- are we closing in on conferences being obsolete? Yeah, well, I never say at least as yeah. we know them. Yeah, I will never say never because. Um, We've seen realignment happen before where we thought, ah, oh, there's no way that happened, and it did. And, you know, teams switched conferences. And um, so Texas definitely wants out of the Big 12. They, there are two conferences that stand way above everybody else, and that's the Big and then SEC in terms of TV money. I mean, look at their team packages, what, team, what school, individual schools get versus, like, the, the Pac-12's TV deals and a disaster. It's it's so much less, and I assume the Big 12s is too. Um, so Texas, I think, is probably feels like you know because they they had that Longhorn Network. I was going to say they've got their own deal. They got their own deal, and I think they probably feel like they've outgrown that conference, and they want a, a you know a bigger piece of the pie uh, with SEC money. I saw I read a uh, a good column from uh, Dan West Yahoo. He thinks they should go the Notre Dame route and become an independent because it's you're Texas. You have all the money in the world. You have the brand. You can, you can do whatever you can play, whoever you want, have an independent schedule and have your own network and not have to share revenue with Kansas or, or Baylor, whoever it'll be interesting to see. It'll get political. Um, you know, uh, People in Texas will try to block it. I know Texas A and M. I think their AD has already come out and said something about it. But um, so I think it's it's you just see these massive, massive TV deals that the two power conferences have, and I think schools are like, we want that. And so, <clears throat> will they ever do away with conferences? I don't know. Or I think form different conferences that aren't so. I, you know, I think what you'll see is well, if you're the Big Ten you're going to be pretty territorial. If you're the SEC, you probably are too, unless some big school like Texas and Oklahoma are going to bring, you know, something to the table. But, you know, the Big Ten kind of views itself in a, you know, a certain way. And um, But I, I do think we'll see conferences break away from the NCAA if the NCAA doesn't fold altogether, just kind of go away. But I think those power – because NCAA has no control over football. I mean – they don't, you know, they don't run a championship. It's the college football playoff. That, I mean, that's not the NCAs. And so, right, uh, I, I could see those those the big conferences breaking away from them and forming their own kind of football league type thing. Um, 
but uh, clearly, I think Texas and Oklahoma are, or Texas is wanting something that's not the Big 12, and whether it's the SEC or, or independent. I, I think eventually we'll probably see that. So would that kill the Big 12 pretty much if they lost those two schools? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, you can't lose your two right. uh, flagship universities and programs um, and survive. Cause it, because if, if you're a TV executive, you're looking at it as like, well, who do, who's attractive at this point to sell well, to and you know, ESPN or whoever they're, they're you know, they're, uh, they're selling it to. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. When the SEC, though, would they force Texas to give up their network at least as would- a yeah, well, they yeah, I would think so, and because you know, if you're coming into their thing, it's going to be all under one umbrella. They're not going to different rules because it's just not going to. Alabama's not going to fly for that, but yeah, I mean, it's like but at some point, it's just like how much is enough? Like, if you're the, can the TV contract grow that much more if you had text? I guess it could. Probably, you're you're, you know, I mean, it's like it's football. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's... I mean, it probably could grow. I mean, Chip, Texas. Since I've been an adult, how much has Texas really won in football? You too. Um, yeah. I mean, when, well, when we were kids, ones. Yeah. Vince Young. Yeah, Vince Young. That was the last big one. Right. But I mean, you know, Texas is still seen as this heritage football program, and the reality is they're good sometimes, but not consistently, and they're a huge deal still. So I mean, it's football. I mean, in some ways, Texas is is what akin to a Dallas Cowboys or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're yeah. Tech- it's the brand. It's, it's yeah. the brand. I mean, their brand is, yeah, their brand is top five in college sports, but here, I mean, Judd, you know, this more than me. It's like, but it's all about the TV revenue. How much TV revenue can you Correct. generate? But how, how much is the, the cord cutting going to affect these things? I always thought that was going to be the thing that burst the bubble. It turned out to be the pandemic, but I always thought the cord cutting was going to be the deal that, you know, all these schools got, millions and millions and millions off these TV, uh, their, their share from the TV. Well, that was going to hit a ceiling eventually because so many fewer people are taking cable now. Well, if, if I'm a, you know, if I'm ESPN, don't you go to the big 10 and say, no, wait a second. We have X number of fewer people that take cable that we we're not going to have seen our product. The contract has to reflect that. I mean, at I some think- point there's a ceiling to this, right? Well, here's the thing. I think there's two things at work here. One is they know that slowly but surely because people are still going to consume the games through the network. So the the provider is still there. What's going to be eliminated is cable. But, I mean, people are still going to watch on devices. Uh, People are still going to watch on computers. And the one thing is, and it's still incredibly valuable, is name me another form of entertainment where you are basically forced to watch the commercials. Yeah. You know, yeah. I because I, I mean, yeah. for the most part, I, I've got some shows where you can't fast forward through. Yeah, for sort. Yeah. But nothing is more, nothing is watched more and more valuable than sports because the breaks are still there. So, anyway, 
I just think yeah. it's the one way for advertisers to get to consumers. And you know what? People who watch sports are are a big deal. A lot of people oh, yeah. watch sports, yeah. and it's a key demographic. So I think what we're going to see eventually go by the wayside completely is the cable companies. But I don't. But we're not going to see like ESPN. They're just going to have to find different, different. ways to monetize. Yeah, um, yeah. But they still want the packages because if you have, you know, if you have Texas and Oklahoma on, for instance. You're going to have a lot of eyeballs on that puppy. Yeah, and it is um, it is staggering when you look at the growth of revenue distribution that particularly the SEC and the Big Ten from like uh, the debut of the Big Ten network versus and what that they thought that would bring versus what each member school is getting now. It's, you, it's a, remember when it started? Planet. Yeah. When, when it started, they're like, and during the day, we're going to have academic programming on for people to watch. <laughs> and like a month in, they're like, oh, hell no. Let's put on a rerun of that Michigan, Michigan State tilt. <laughs> That's right. It's like the best of, right? Yeah. It used to be like the University of Minnesota has a great yeah. whatever program. We're Chemistry gonna feature, lab. Yeah. yeah, we're going to feature this at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays. And by the end, yeah. they're like, oh, no, no, throw the best of the golfers on or the best of whomever. Because you know why? You can show that at a bar. And guys, or whatever, we'll watch it at a bar. Absolutely, yep. yeah. Exactly. yeah. But it's yeah, but it's it. I I just think college sports are. We've seen so much change, and it's not that's not going to stop. I mean, this is realignment's going to happen. The, the NIL is just taking. Did you see Nick Saban said his his quarterback who hasn't even started a game yet? Yes, the, close to making a million dollars in advertising. How in, genius uh, is that though? Of Saban? Oh my gosh! Yeah, to put it's that out thing. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was not a slip of the tongue. I'm guessing that was a uh, – he was sending that message to some hotshot high school quarterback somewhere that he's recruiting that, hey, by the way, just so you know, our, uh, our quarterback who hasn't started one game in Alabama, and it's because of the brand, is making a million dollars in endorsements. That is 100% right. Last thing, Jackson State coach Deion Sanders. Yeah. It, is he an egomaniac completely, which he is, or is he beyond savvy? Because I will say this, saying call me Coach Prime, which I absolutely love, or Coach yeah. Sanders got him way more attention and the squack way more attention than they would have if he had answered the guy's question. I I think it's calculated. I think he did that to get people talking about um, Jackson State because I watched it. He was kind of laughing during it. Yes, I watched it too. And I don't think the reporter was in on it, but uh, – but, to me, hmm. I think he's doing anything to get to get um, people talking about his his program um, because it, here, here's the thing: Nick Saban did his media day yesterday. No one called him. Well, some people called him Coach Saban, but they're like five or six, eight people called him Nick, and he didn't cuss them out. I mean, coaches don't do that when you call by your first name. I, I, yeah, I it's like Zimmer. Call him Mike. Yeah, 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 or Zim. Yeah, I mean. But no, I, I think that was a, um, I think that was a Dion saying I'm going to do something to to uh, to get people to talk about my program and me. All right, sir, awesome stuff. Um, you're on vacation next week. I'm on vacation. Ton of yeah, we'll talk two weeks. Training. Oh, camp. I know. You're going to miss I know. the start of training camp. I come back. I think the day after camp starts, so I will be out there soon. You missed the whole thing then. I mean, if you missed <laughs> the first day, as Lombardi <laughs> said, they don't show up. Don't show up. <laughs> See you, Chip Scoggins. Thanks. All right, brother. 
This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.